0: Are listening to the M Disc playlist. I am your host Nitro, and returning to the show is the Queen of Cute Things with a dash of subliminal feminist propaganda. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't think of any other way to introduce you. <laughs> oh, that's a good, <laughs> good introduction. Okay, so yeah, Apricot Sushi is back, everybody. Yay, Yay.
1: Third time's a charm, Hello. right?
0: <laughs> oh yeah, third time is a charm. Yeah. Thank you for stopping yeah, by. Yeah, thanks for
1: having me again. It's always fun. I feel like I learn a lot on these episodes because <laughs> I come in sort of not knowing a lot and then just like the, the listener, I'm learning from you as you uh, talk about whatever topic we're on for the episode.
0: <laughs> well, you're a fun guest. I love having you on, so I am glad you are here to learn and have fun and all sorts of fun stuff. <laughs> on this episode, we are going to talk about a well-respected franchise That got its beginnings in the late 80s and is still trekking on to this day. The wonderful (laughs) Ease. So, what is your experience with the Ease franchise? Uh,
1: Well, uh, as we were discussing briefly before we started recording, uh, I'm a bit of a late to the series uh i mean ease has been around forever i think it may have actually debuted the year i was born <laughs> so oh, wow. if it's 87 i thought it was or late 80s yeah, yeah. it's, it's okay yep yep i'm an 87 oh, wow, baby. 30, year, 30 years yeah. 30 years everybody. oh 30 year anniversary that's uh that's a good coincidence
0: <laughs> did not even i did not even think about that i just wanted to do
1: an oh ease episode. good good planning <laughs> coincidental planning <laughs> Yes, But don't so um, I'm not sure when it was, but a couple of years ago, I played East 1 and 2, uh, the Steam versions, uh, they came as like a collection, there are so many re-releases that it's a bit hard to keep track of like the names of the versions, oh, yes. but I played Ease 1 all the way through, and then I played about half of these 2, and I never finished it, so I should really go back and finish it, but um, so that was my introduction to the series, less than five years ago for sure, so very recent memory and I was really amazed by how well it held up because a lot of times you go to these retro games and if you didn't have experience with them when they first came out they can feel a bit dated, you know and you're like oh I can kind of see why people think of this as a classic but coming to it now I don't really feel the same charm but with Ease, <laughs> I really did I was like this could have come out today and I would have been just as happy like I didn't feel like I mean, of course, it's a retro game, but it didn't feel clunky or uh, annoying or that I could see aspects of it that would have been cool back in the day but don't feel cool anymore. Like, all of it was super cool, especially the music, which, of course, we're going to be talking about. Uh, And the gameplay, Mm -hmm. that bumping mechanic was really fun and sort of had, like, a visceral (laughs) feeling. Like, I really got into that (laughs) bumping into that. I feel like
0: you could not get... I'm I'm sorry. I feel like you could not get the bumping mechanic with any other game, but ease.
1: yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's so odd, but it's surprisingly fun. It does work, even though you think when you hear about it uh, in theory, you know, running into an enemy to do damage doesn't seem like it would really work well. But in practice, it's a lot of fun.
0: Oh yeah, so much fun, and that's what ultimately the games are about—fun. <laughs> yep, yep. And ease found a way to balance grand epic story with fun gaming mechanics. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, as we touched on, ease. Was created about three years ago for the piece "Eagles" by Masaya Hashimoto and Toyoshi Miyazaki, and. The basic premise is the E series about an adventurer named Adol Christian, usually accompanied by his companion Dogi, who finds themselves in different countries and conveniently has to <laughs> save the people of that country from a terrible threat of some sort.
1: Well, what what is interesting about the premise too is like when I first started playing RPGs, uh, in, you know, middle school, I really got into them. I went to them because of the grand narratives and the characters, and like oh, Final Fantasy Seven, and I just went to it because of the story. But uh, I think. There has been some maybe criticism of Ease because the stories aren't super compelling and they're not particularly intricate and you don't have uh, these really, you know, sweeping narratives like you might get in the Final Fantasy series or something like that. But yet yeah. they really the capture this for me anyway, this sort of fantasy adventurer idea where Abel is always, he's just like this never-aging sort of ephemeral traveler, and every installment it's just like, oh, there he stumbled on a new land, and he's constantly wandering and constantly coming into these new adventures, so I thought that that works very well as a premise for a series like this that spans 30 years, and so they can always come up with a new adventure for him to stumble into, and it's fun, you know, that's it, it's just, but it's just fun to play through, so even if the story itself, the individual installment isn't, you know, so gripping, you have to see what happens next, just playing it is fun, so I think uh, that that's yeah. the best part for me. <laughs>
0: And speaking of stumbling, what one of the things that made the early East titles stand out was, as we said, Adol running into enemies. <laughs> and this was a sharp departure on what other RPGs were doing at the time, like Dragon Quest, Fantasy Star, and Final Fantasy, where you had to do turn-based combat. And this was also one of the earliest games that let you recharge your health if you avoided enemies. All oh, right. You have to manually recover your health in ease. You run into some enemies, you gain some experiences, you run away for a little bit, recover your health, <laughs> rinse, repeat, you level
2: up, and then you right, get Right,
1: right, so no showing items. And... Actually, I yeah, come to think of it, I didn't remember that aspect, but that's probably one of the reasons why it was so easy to get into now, because that feels like a very modern mechanic of regenerating health.
0: The other thing that made ease stand out so much, of course, is the music. It was not very... It was not orchestral, it was not sweeping, it was not grand, medieval lullabies, I don't I don't know, (laughs) melodic. There was a lot of synth rock and techno. It was very upbeat, very different. Again, you use different. And wasn't afraid to uh, to go outside the box. Right. Yeah. It was originally composed by Miko Ishikawa and a fella that you might know, Yuzo Koshiro. (laughs) Yeah, we spent a little bit of time talking about his involvement with Ease in the Yuzo Koshiro episode. But because Yuzo was only involved in the first two games, we couldn't really talk about Ease as much as we would have liked to. Yeah, that's
1: right. And that's <laughs> When we did that episode, I, I mainly knew Yuzo Koshiro because of Ease 1 and 2. So <laughs> that's pretty funny, actually. Oh, and
0: I uh, forgot another composer, Hideo Nagata. Hideo Nagata, Maiko Ishikawa, and Yuzo Koshiro. Mm. And, and arrangements done by Ryo Yonimitsu. Hmm those were the early games. Then, then as the series evolved, the composer credits were almost always given to the Falcom Sound Team JDK, and there are a lot of composers to name for these easy games, so I think for the sake of uh, consistency and just making this episode flow a little easier, I'm just gonna... Refer to most of the e- E's games as being composed by the Falcom Sound Team J.D.K.
1: Also, isn't it that uh, like a lot of the individual songs don't necessarily list all of the composer credits? Like it's just kind of this collective, and it's hard to tell who did what in it.
0: Yeah, pretty much.
1: <laughs> That's pretty fascinating. Pretty I don't, I don't know of any other game uh, companies that have like an in-house composing group like that
0: uh Capcom and Konami did in the oh, 80s okay.
1: and 90s. I see.
0: But I think uh Falcom Sound Team JDK is one of the few that are still making music for games. Right, right. With with Capcom and Konami assuming they ever make video games again, <laughs> they usually get their own composers and the composers are named respectively. Mm, right. <laughs> Yeah, not here to talk trash about Kanami. Oh, uh, so you yeah, had that subtle time. dig there,
1: subtle dig.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, gotta be respectful because Konami is a part of the E franchise. But we'll get into that later. First, we begin thirty years ago with the first game, E's One: Ancient E's Vanished. It was a very short game. It's what it boiled down to, you were introduced to Adol. You were introduced to the bumping into enemies mechanic, and it was very short, but that doesn't mean it was easy. You still had to uh, really grind just to be strong enough to pass the first dungeon. Yeah,
1: oh man, I remember that. I thought I was doing something wrong. Like It seemed like such a sudden spike in difficulty, but then I found if you just ran around and bumped into a few enemies and wibbled up a bit, then it was perfectly doable, but... At the time, I guess I was more used to sort of a slow progression, easing into the difficult stuff. And this is like, bam, you go into the dungeon, you're immediately dead if you haven't (laughs) leveled up at all.
0: Yeah, it's almost like what we get with the Dark Souls games and Bloodborne, where the game really gets you right out of the gate, that there's little room for, oh, easy progression. No, 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 no. You really have to prepare. You have Mm. to think about, how you attack your enemies because you can't just run into the enemies very easily you got to run into them at a certain a certain direction
1: (laughs) right yeah it's not just you know willy-nilly bumping around you have to kind of plan your trajectory
0: (laughs) as i said this was very short there were only a couple of dungeons long but what made the game last a little bit longer was the constant (laughs) backtracking And then you defeat Dark Fact, the main antagonist, and then you're transported to the floating continent of Ease, and that is where Ease 2, Ancient Ease Vanished, the final chapter begins. The game released once again for the PC 88 in 1988. <laughs> and Ease 2 gave Adol the ability to use magic, so it wasn't just bumping and pushing anybody, this time he had magic at his disposal and these games were composed by the yeah as i said yuzo maiko and hidea with some arrangements by rio but perhaps the most popular version of the first two games was ease book one and two released for the pc engine slash turbo graphics in 1989 mm. i think it's safe to say that this version this remake was the one that introduced most people to the Ease franchise. And not, not just introduced them to Ease itself, but it also introduced them to the aesthetics that made E so great. Like the cutscenes, the Red Book audio, and it was one of the first games, the earliest games to use voice acting. That oh. didn't suck. <laughs> and Ease Book One and Two used over 500 megabits of CD-ROM storage, and that is a lot in 1989. Oh, wow. yeah. And as you said, there were a lot of re-releases of these e's games.
1: <laughs> yep, yep.
0: Which was putting it mildly. <laughs> the, next, the next re-release was for the PC in 1997 called Ease Eternal, and then for the PlayStation 2 in 2003 as Ease 1 and 2 Eternal Story. Then it was re-released in the States for once, in the for the Nintendo DS as Legacy of Ease, books one and two. And then you get another re-release of the first two Ease games that I would say is just as popular as the original one, Ease One and Two Chronicles. Mm. For the PlayStation Portable, and then later Steam.
1: Oh, so that's the other one I played then.
0: Yes. Ease one and two Chronicles. What makes this re-release standout other than the graphics was that it let you choose between three different versions of the soundtrack.
1: Yeah, that was so cool.
0: (laughs) You could listen to the original PC-88 version, the arrangements made for Ease 1 and 2 Eternal, and there was a brand new arrangement made for the Chronicles release. Mm. And of course, Chronicles was re-released as Chronicles Plus on Steam and GOG in 2013 in North America and Europe. So, so you said you played Eason 1 and 2 Chronicles. Did you play the other versions before that or
1: No, that song? was the first version. I remember I swapped through the different <laughs> versions of the soundtrack as I was playing because I really wanted to see like how the different songs sounded between versions and that was really cool to be able to do that.
0: Which one did you end up sticking with?
1: Oh geez, you know, I think that I think it was the the newest one that they had done for that release, the new, re- the latest remix. Um, mm. But I can't tell you why. <laughs> As I said, like I I would definitely switch between the songs. Like if I heard a song for the first time, I would switch between the different versions. So I think uh, I would keep going back to that or the the latest one. But maybe I had. Different favorites depending on the song. It's kind of hard to remember.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I can understand that. While trying to figure out what I would want to add to my shuffle list, Mm. I went through Ease 1 and 2 Chronicles, and one of my favorites from the new arrangement was the new Chronicles version of Phoenix. Oh, yeah. That one really stood out to me out of the new ones, the new arrangements, I mean. But what makes Ease book one and two well the original one for the PC engine special but for me was that this was my first exposure to the Ease well the first the first one I played it was released on the Wii virtual console and I had been aware of the Ease franchise but never got to play it so when it came to the Wii I thought okay it's about time (laughs) I played it and my first time playing it it's kind of like yours. I beat the first one, Ease 1, then made it about halfway through
1: Chapter 2. <laughs> I wonder why that is. <laughs> Maybe you get a bit sick of playing Ease for a bit. Does that need to take a break before you finish too? I don't know. <laughs> oh, The
0: the magic uh, changes how you play the game. Do not want
2: that. <laughs>
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, I, I, mean I, I still wound up beating it later, but, it, but it's just funny that you bring up, oh, I beat Chapter <laughs> 1, but didn't beat chapter two mm. kind of gave me some deja vu there yeah yeah
1: well and i should mention too like i don't play a lot of games on the pc so it probably wasn't the best decision for me to play the pc version first because i just mm. yeah, i get a bit sick of sitting at the computer and i know you can you know with steam hook it up to your tv or whatever but i have a mac so uh i'm using like my old crummy pc laptop to play, <laughs> to play pc games so i probably should like tried to get you know a handheld version like it was you said it was on PSP right so I could maybe get the PSN yes. version of that and I would definitely be more likely to play that if I hadn't my. that and I'm sure I would power right through it so it kind of has a little bit something to do with the platform I chose to play it on not not saying anything about the game specifically but I know a lot of people listening probably have already these, you know they're probably very familiar with the series if they're listening to the show but I think that
0: or a variation of it.
1: Okay, right, right yeah, some variation. But if you're, like, listening because you like the music and you've heard the music is good, but you've never played an game, definitely I would say go in with Ys 1 and 2 because not only are they so good still, they really hold up, but they're quite short, <laughs> as you mentioned. Yeah. So you can, like, get a taste of what's so good about the series but not have to put in, you know, 30 hours into a big RPG. So And that's what really got yeah. me into the series. And I've only played a handful of the games still, but... It really got Same. me to be able to appreciate it, and now I'm you know, excited for the new releases and want to go back and play some more of the old titles and things like that.
0: Oh, um, Oh, Spoiler alert, we're probably going to praise the holy hell out of the Vita much later in the episode.
1: <laughs> okay, let's get ready for that.
0: <laughs> we brought this up in the Yuzo Koshiro episode, but it's worth mentioning again. Uh, yeah, Yuzo Koshiro is great, but you should point out, He only did the first two Ease games, not Ease Book 1 and 2, the PC-88 Ease 1, the PC-88 Ease 2. Anything after that, just arrangements of his work. After Yuzo completed Ease 2, the final chapter, he became independent and would work on Streets of Rage and Act Razor and all sorts of other stuff. Not necessarily with Falcom. Well, he did, but he was more independent, Mm. an independent composer. Okay, so we continue in 1989 with the third Ease title, Wanderers from Ease. This was first released for the PC-88 consoles, and then the MSX2, and then the Sharp (laughs) X6800. And then in 1991, Wanderers from Ease was released for the PC Engine, the Nintendo, the Super Nintendo, and the Sega Genesis. Mm -hmm. And I think the Super Nintendo version is, is where I first heard of it because Nintendo Power did a Super Nintendo Atlas-type book mm. and Wanderers from Ease was one of the games included in the book. And it looked really cool, but little did I know of how poorly received Wanderers from Ease will be due to how it basically played like Zelda 2 The Adventure of Link.
1: Oh, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, they shifted the gameplay from top-down to side mm. And it forced players to manually attack enemies instead of just running into them. Oh, well, that's a
1: travesty. They kind of introduce that awesome bumping <laughs> mechanic and then take it away.
0: <laughs> I mean, the music was well-received. Some people would say it's one of the be- better soundtracks in the East franchise, but the game itself was not that well-suited mm. at all. Ever being too much a departure from what Ease 1 2 and Ease 1 2 releases- re-releases gave us in comparison. The right. Genesis soundtrack was arranged by yoshiaki kubodera and noriyuki iwari known as q and noriyuki iwari might be familiar to some of you as he was the composer for the lunar oh. and then the super nintendo soundtrack was arranged by michiharu hasuya masaki hara and osamu asai and i've listened to the different soundtracks of East three and the SNES one doesn't really do a great job capturing that synth rock aesthetic that the first two games mm. gave us but the Genesis did <laughs> the Genesis did a much better job of that and for the Super Nintendo that was probably one of the lesser received releases of the game because it made the game harder it it tacked on mode 7 graphics mm. uh, one of the things that did make Wondrous from Ease pretty cool in terms of how the music was used was that boss music would play in the room immediately before the boss oh. itself it actually gave you a forewarning of oh hey you're about to fight a boss oh that's so cool <laughs> it's cool and useful <laughs> and i wish a lot of games do that back then because you have no idea how frustrating it is to play through a game and have it be a while since you save and then all of a sudden you're at a boss uh, fight yes, that's yes, no the worst <laughs> that's a lot of reason why i never some
1: games is because you know you just lose all this progress and it's so disheartening <laughs>
0: And I mentioned that Wanderers from East itched the gameplay that made Ease one and two so well received. That was fixed when the game was re-released as Ease, the Oath of Felgana. Oh right. Oath of Felgana was just a complete revamp of Wanderers from Ease. Same story, but gameplay that is more respectable to what the East franchise is known for. Top down and not sure about the bumping, but but the gameplay is based on the the recent PSP ease game, the Ark of, the Ark of Napa mm. Don't know if I said that, <laughs> but I'll get to that. I'll get to that later in the episode. Uh, the Ulta Feldana was released for the PC in 2005, and then released on the PlayStation Portable in 2010 in Japan and North America. Then in Europe in 2011. And finally, it was added to Steam in 2012.
1: Mm, That's another one I have on Steam, but I have not played it yet. (laughs) And I didn't know that it was like a revamp of an older game. That's pretty cool. I thought it was just, you know, another entry in the series.
0: Uh, Nope. It is a remake, some would say a superior (laughs) remake of Wanderers from Ease that exceeds on everything that Wanderers from Ease did. Mm. Next... E4 and the many different versions <laughs> of E4. There are four different versions of E4. Just to let you guys know, in case you didn't know, I'll we'll start with the first one released exclusively for the Super Nintendo, Mask of the Sun. Mm. This one was made by Falcom, and and it gave you well all four of these versions had the same same gameplay mechanics in common. It Returned to the basic gameplay that you got in Ease 1 and 2, so already it's a step up from Wanderers from Ease. And then Mask of the Sun was remade for the PlayStation 2 as Mask of the Sun, a new theory. And (laughs) that's kind of an interesting title considering how many different versions of Ease 4 there are out there. (laughs) A month after Mask of the Sun was released on the Super Nintendo, the PC Engine gave us Ease 4, the Dawn of Ease. Which plays almost exactly like Ease Book 1 and 2, with the Red Book audio, the anime cutscenes, the voice acting. And this one was made by Hudson Soft.
1: Oh, I didn't know that.
0: And at the time, Mask of the Sun was considered the official version of Ease 4 because it was made by Falcom. Mm. But for whatever reason, Hudson Soft made their own interpretation of Ease 4. Mask of the Sun. And Master of the Sun, a new theory, was never released in the States. And neither was Dawn of Ease, but there are unofficial English patches of the game mm. that change, that translate the text into English. And there's even a patch that adds an English English voice tracks in place of the Japanese voice wow, tracks.
1: Wow, yeah. that's pretty hardcore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and the dub, the fan, was picked up by Various game news outlets like Giant Bomb and One Up. Hmm. And what made this special was that it took eight years for his fan fandub to be produced. Wow. It was based on the fan translated script written by Nightwolf, and then eight years, and then it was finally finished by a guy named Burnt Lasagna.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I'm gotta let my bias show a little bit. I had to bring up the East 4 fan up because I was. Oh mix.
1: really? <laughs>
0: yeah. Wow, I didn't
1: <laughs> know that. That's cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, and this was how I was first exposed to the dawn of Ease. I mean, I, j- I mean, I was doing the voice acting theme, and then I saw this thread for, "Hey, we want voice actors," and I thought it was just going to be someone plays the game and then adds the voiceover lines to the game video. Aww. But no, they were actually going to put the audio... They were going to replace the original voice acting with these recorded lines. That's amazing. And I thought, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. usually it's, oh, we're going to record our own voices over gameplay audio. Mm. So that was kind of fascinating to me. And the cast, the cast itself was pretty cool. It, they got They got voice actors ranging from professional all the way to... Oh, we're voice acting fans in this voice acting forum. Mm. So all kinds of experiences. Uh, Usamimi is in this dub oh, as well. Oh,
1: that's awesome.
0: She played the goddess Fina.
1: Oh, what a cool role. <laughs> Even I know <laughs> Fina.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, there's two goddesses, Fina and Layer. Mm. Layer was voiced by Kira Buckland, who a lot of people might know as Rena chan Oh, So that was kind of cool. They also... Got Lawrence Simpson to play Garuda, and he is famous for for the alias Masako X, and he's worked on Dragon Ball Abridged for Team Four Star, mm. and then got another voice actor with his own IMDb page, Michael Hillard as L Deal. Mm. But yeah, it was a pretty cool. It was a pretty cool fan dub, and and I'm not saying oh this this game is great because uh, I got to be in the fan <laughs> dub, but. But after recording the lines, oh, I, by the way, I was the baby Enzo, and then I played Keith Fact and so I got to both aid, aid all in his quest, and I also tried to kill him.
1: <laughs> you get both sides.
0: <laughs> I get both sides. But but yeah, after the dub was released, I played it, and I genuinely enjoyed the Dawn of Ease. I dare say I enjoyed playing it more than book one and two.
1: Ooh, high praise.
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the soundtrack. I mean, I'll talk about it in shuffle. But the soundtrack for Ease was pretty damn fun. Mm. The official release of Ease Four outside of Japan came in the form of Ease Memories of Celsetta uh, for the Vita. Uh. And after Memories of Celsetta came out, that of Celsetta, it, Memories of Celseta came out. This became the official version of Ease Four. Mm. The official canon version. The story was still kind of the same, but the gameplay was more action-focused, like the PlayStation Portable releases, and there were gameplay features that took advantage of the front and rear touchscreens of the Vita. Mm-hmm. And today, and this probably won't change, Memories of a is the only version of East4 released outside of Japan officially Oh
1: I didn't know that see I didn't even I didn't even know memories of Cell said it was technically East4 either I thought it was just like oh new new <laughs> entry like E7 or well there is one called E7 now yeah no wonder I'm confused but I played some of that uh, and had no idea that it was technically East4 <laughs>
0: Yeah <laughs> if you want to play the other versions of East4, you got to search the internet for them. I'm not going to link them on well I might link about the fan dub stuff instead I'm just going to encourage you to get Memories of Zelda <laughs> because a it is the official E4 b it is the official E4 that is was released around the world and c the Vita is an awesome system and needs more support yes <laughs> all right moving on from that we get a Super Nintendo exclusive E5 Lost Kevin Kingdom of Sand <laughs> Released in 1995 with an updated version in 1996 that increased the game's difficulty. <laughs> hmm. So kind of wonder, which version do you want to play? Do I want to play the hard one or the slightly harder yeah, one? really. <laughs> what made this game stand out? Well, besides the fact that it's the only ease game that was not released outside of Japan, there's no re-release. There's no portable release of the game. All we get is this and the updated, the remade that was released for the PlayStation 2. Mm-hmm. Two versions, well, three versions. All three of them only released in Japan. But what made this stand out was that the soundtrack completely diverted from the synth rock and the upbeat and the techno. It was more orchestrated. Oh. It was more orchestrated, like what you would hear. From Squaresoft and Enix at time, like, with the Final Fantasies and uh, Quintet games, even, and Dragon Quest. It was very different, and I personally liked how it sounded, but a lot of people were soured on the very orchestral soundtrack. Mm. Not only that, but the other complaint was the settings and the story of the game were a little cliche compared to what the previous East games offered. Mm. And like Dawn of Ease, there was a translation of the game made possible by Aeon Genesis. So, technically, there is a way where you can play a translated version of Lost Kevin Kingdom of Sand. And I'm just gonna leave it at that. <laughs> so, yeah, after eight years, there was an eight year gap between new Ease releases. We got Ease 5 in 1985, and then in 2003, we finally got a sixth Ease game, the Ark of Napistem, mm-hmm. which I touched on briefly during the e three segments.
1: Do you know any reason why it took them so long to to do another entry? That's a big gap. Considering how quickly is, they, you know, were releasing them before that.
0: Probably from from all the re-releases that they had to do and between Ease five and E six, we had the Nintendo sixty four, the PlayStation and the Saturn. Mm. So maybe the hardware wasn't up to par with what they wanted to do for an ease game.
1: Mm, yeah. Which,
0: sorry. Go oh ahead. no no
1: no! Was just, that's interesting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's just a theory, mm.
1: though.
0: But yeah, Arc of Napa Stim released in 2003 for the PC, and then released for the PlayStation 2 in 2005, making it the first official English release of any ease game since Wanderers from Ease. Wow. way back in 91.
1: It's
0: <laughs> So another theory, maybe the marketing wasn't there. Yeah, the yeah,
1: I was going to say, because they haven't got that many English versions that it clearly has a fan base, but maybe not. You know, maybe, I guess, um, especially in the late 90s, early 2000s, like, uh fantasy was <laughs> really dominating in the west right in terms of oh japanese God, yes. rpgs so maybe they just couldn't really compete with that because they've never well uh it's i mean from as i've kind of said i have I'm not super up to all the games i haven't played all of them and it sounds like the early releases were very um i guess different maybe different in terms of gameplay but like were they considered technically advanced because at least uh, as we go on the like graphically they don't stand up to stuff like final fantasy but they find their own niche because right. of the gameplay and because of the music so maybe it was difficult for them to kind of find their place uh competing with other yeah. rpgs
0: and i think after east 5 there was a sort of uh a lost identity sort of thing mm-hmm. where it sort of lost what made east so great i mean east 3 kind of did that but at least it retained some of the aesthetics, but Ace-5 was just a drastic departure, visually at least. I mean, you still had mm-hmm. Adol. In the <laughs> game, you still had Adol in then Adventure, but it just looked and sounded very...
1: <laughs> I like that tagline, though. All you need for a game is Adol and Adventure, right? <laughs> That's pretty much all that connects all <laughs> <of> the games.
0: <laughs> but yeah, E 6. I mean, there's no 6 in the title, but Ark of Napistem is, well, considered E 6. Mm. And... This game gave Adol more action control by the player. It allowed him to jump and it allowed him to control his attacks. So again, gone was the stumbling and bumping into enemies.
2: Mm.
0: And this was the this was the first Ease game to use 3D sprites and models. Oh. So if Ark of Nathistim tried to use 3D sprites during the N64 Saturn PlayStation era, probably wouldn't look as good. So I think they were just waiting for the right mm. time and the right ad- advancement in technology to continue with ease. And that's when we got right. Ark And Ark of Napistim brought back the synth electronic rock. It brought back the more eclectic rock music that made East popular to begin with. Well, one of the reasons that made it popular to begin
2: with. Mm-hmm.
0: Gone was the orchestra, Well, there were still orchestrated tracks, and there will still be orchestrated tracks, but they're not gonna dominate the Ease game from here on out. Ark of Napistem was the first English release of E since Wanderers from Ease, and that is thanks to Konami. That is both a good and a bad thing. And Konami, as we know now, uh, how, do, how do I put this politely? Uh, <laughs> can you help me out here? How should I describe Konami politely <laughs> right now?
1: Well, uh, Konami has been going through some difficulties <laughs> recently. Okay.
0: <laughs> Konami has been going through some difficulties lately. So this will probably piss off a few E fans, if they don't know. Uh Konami wanted to change the music. Mm. They, yeah, Arkham Naphestim returned to the more eclectic rock style, but Konami wanted to make it sound like East Five did, more or- orchestral than anything else. Oh. But once once East fans learned about Konami's intentions, there was a public outcry, and Konami faced a lot of criticism from this. So Konami backpedaled from that. <laughs> the music was retained. They still changed a few things about the games and the graphics but oh no do not touch our music mm. which is understandable yeah yeah you don't mess with the E soundtrack i mean even the orchestrated bits the music is what makes E's what it is and you don't mess with. yeah that. really
1: i mean well we're here talking about music and E's, so <laughs> but that's it definitely yeah. had uh that sort of rocking you know the soundtrack is like one of the major odds so it would be a shame to you know change that up and i think they kind of learned their lesson after <laughs> the one there that was different and orchestral and, uh, by konami but <laughs> hmm. uh,
0: they did i think they did get a few extra music pieces in the game uh, they didn't change the entire soundtrack like they originally oh did. i see and next next i'm sure this one is really fresh on a lot of these fans' minds. It is Origin. Mm. Released for the PC in 2006 in Japan, then worldwide in 2012, and as of this recording, it is going to be released on the PlayStation 4 and the Vita in North America
1: next Yay! <laughs>
2: Yay. I'm excited. Yeah, to I'll definitely play
1: This is one that I have on PC as well. <laughs> I've accumulated all the Steam releases, but oh, I'll eat it up on Vita.
0: <laughs> and I think this is where the praise for Vita comes in, because maybe... Once it's released on the Vita, then that would give people like us an incentive to play, because it's more fun to play these kinds of games on portable devices. Mm, yeah. I mean, I like playing role-playing games on the computer and consoles, but something about portable games... I feel like I said <laughs> this on a previous episode. I don't know if it's one with you or another one, but I feel like Deja Vu. Oh, right yeah. Now. I'm always but praising
1: said... portable systems. It <laughs> could have been me. could have been with me.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I am looking forward to it. I mean... Ease origin looked like a lot of fun, sounded like a lot of fun, but I I don't know if I could sit there on Steam and play through the game. Mm. Be more of a fun experience playing it on the Vita.
1: And it'll be coming to PS4 too, you said, which is not the first E's on PS4.
0: I think it might be the first E's on the PlayStation. Yeah,
1: because I know they also. I'm sure we'll get to this later, but they announced that Ease a is coming to PS4 oh, but yeah. that's in Japan only later this year I think so technically this might be yeah. first
0: yeah i mean ease 8 could be released in other parts of the world i mean the mo- the more recent ones happened, yeah. so yeah. it's still possible <laughs> but but ease origin it's coming to the PlayStation 4 and the Vita and sad to say the Vita did not sell as well but the PlayStation 4 is doing great so there will still be ways to play the game for all sorts of people, whether you have Steam, PlayStation 4, or Vita. Mm-hmm. This game will be more accessible to more people, regardless of what system you own.
1: Right, yeah, because um, and- as we've been saying throughout the episode, that even though there have been a ton of these games, <laughs> there haven't been that many that are readily available to English-speaking players. So uh, that'll be good to get more people into the series, hopefully. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. And Ease Origin, from what I've seen and heard, it looks and sounds really great. There's fan service for longtime Ease fans. The arrangements, the music are arrangements from older games, and one of them I'll touch on during Shuffle. And oh, this game takes place 700 years before Ease 1. Oh. And I probably should have pointed this out much earlier, but Ease 3 did not take place directly after Ease 2, Ease 4 took place directly after Ease 2. <laughs> e 3 took place after Ease 4, and now it's starting to sound like The Pursuit. Yep. <laughs> so chronologically, Ease 1, Ease 2, Ease 4, no matter what version of it you play, and Ease 3. Mm-hmm. Okay, now back to E's Origin. 700 years before Ease 1, it features three different playable characters, and you have to beat the game with all three characters to really complete the entire story. Sort of like Kingdom Hearts Birth Burst, like Burst by mm-hmm. Sleep. But hey, for those of you that don't have the Vita, you could get it on PS4, and if you don't, then get it on Steam. (laughs) Either way, get this game. It it's looks really fun. It sounds amazing, and more support for Ease means potential release of Ease Eight outside of Japan. Yeah, the next 2009 Ease Seven released in Japan in 2009, then the rest of the world in 2010. E7 allowed Adol to be accompanied by two AI-controlled party members, kind of like Secret of Mana. Mm. And and there there was a lot more strategy in the game regarding how you dealt with enemies. Certain enemies had to be attacked using certain weapons. Is this one you've played... Hey, <laughs> I, I know you posted a screenshot of oh, the game yeah. Earlier today. Yeah,
1: actually, to get in the mood for this show, I started playing it because I've had it on uh, PSN for a while. I can't remember if it was like... It might have been a PS Plus thing where we got it for free or I bought it on sale and it's just been sitting there. But either way, I was originally going to download Salsetta again because I played some of that and didn't get very far as I always do. Uh, uh, But so I got 7 instead because I thought, oh, well, I haven't even tried that one. I'll take a look. So I put that on my Vita and I've been playing a bit of it. I'm only like an hour or two in. I haven't even gotten to the combat yet because I've been wandering around the very first city they pop you in. Uh, and, yeah, we're having a lot of fun with the dialogue. The way they've translated the dialogue is pretty pretty funny. So, like, pretty much anything they say, all the NPC characters say is amusing in some way. So I've been having fun with just mm-hmm. wandering around and listening to the music. And, but definitely get more of it. Uh, I want to see how the gameplay works. Because, yeah, even though we've said the, the bumping aspect was kind of a big draw of the earlier games, they've kind of done away with that by now. So. Yeah.
0: Uh, pretty much the only thing... Left that was consistent since the very beginning was how eclectic and upbeat the soundtrack, the majority of the soundtrack, tended to be. Mm. And since E6, a lot of the releases have been on either Steam or PlayStation's portable systems. So Mm. it's gotten more accessible as of late. There there are still a few missing games like all of E's five and then there's E S eight, which will be released in Japan in May, but as we said, no other release is confirmed at this time. Mm. But that could change depending on how many people get Ease origin once it makes it to the Sony systems. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: Maybe.
1: It's not it's like best. we're hitting at everybody listening to the show to buy it or anything. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, it's a great soundtrack, and the best way to support the game and the soundtrack is to do it legally and officially. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, hell, uh, the Falcom Sound Team has their own Apple Store that you can support them there. You can support them there.
1: you can buy, like, I don't know if it's all of the soundtracks, but a lot of them. A lot of it's available.
0: Yeah, so even if you can't play the games, there's a way to at least support the music.
1: Actually, I've uh, listened to more music from games than I've actually played the games because there are surprisingly good soundtracks to just play through. So I'll just listen to all this, well, not all of the soundtracks, but like East 4, uh, I listened to a bit of because you were mentioning that I think, I can't remember when we were planning for the show ages ago, you said, oh, East 4, and I thought, oh, okay, I'm going to go listen to that one. And yeah, I haven't played it, but been listening to the music. So yeah, if uh, people don't have time to play through all of them, their interest or need because games are expensive, you can still get the soundtrack for relatively cheap on the store legally, and you're still supporting them. So that's a good thing to do.
0: And- there's one more ease game that I kind of wanted to bring up quickly before we get to the questions and comments. Ease Online.
1: Oh. <laughs> I'm familiar one? with the name and maybe what happened to it or didn't happen to it, yes. B- very very little bit. But
0: <laughs> Basically, it was an MMORPG attempt at the ease franchise that wasn't quite as successful. I mean, we didn't get it here in the States and the servers shut down in parts of the world, but the music was
2: decent. Oh, really?
1: I thought that maybe it didn't even really happen. Like, I saw that it existed and then they shut it down a couple years later and I wasn't even clear if it ever like, came to fruition that people were buying it or if it was just this kind of modeled release that never really happened.
0: <laughs> I think it was a modeled release Oh, uh, But they
1: had music anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah. But had to bring it up because yep. ease, ease is great The music is even better. It kind
1: of seems like not the series that you think would be well fitted to an online game though. Yeah. You would think. <laughs> but they went for it. <laughs> At least they can't say they didn't yeah. try I suppose.
0: Okay. So I think that covers the e-games and mini re-releases and the remakes mm. before we get before we get the shuffle i got some questions and comments from twitter would you like to answer and replace some of them sure with- okay first one comes from ps trophy hunter saying no questions but i'm dang excited for origins port on playstation
1: well i can agree with that
0: <laughs> i can agree with that too and we won't have to wait much longer now i mean Hell, it might even be released by the time this episode is uploaded. Yeah,
1: right. It's uh, only a little over a month away, which I did not realize. It mm-hmm. kind of sneakily went in there. The announcement was like early December, I think.
0: Yeah, it was during the PlayStation Experience where they pretty much announced practically any game for any kind of ga- game. Mm,
1: yeah, yeah. And I kind of like, it slipped but... under my radar right? probably because not everybody I know is super excited for Ease, But uh, then, then I saw that was coming out. I was like, wait, what? When did that happen? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Next is from, I'm sorry if I said this wrong, Achubananoia, or Akubananoia. one of those. <laughs> a simple, a simple basic one. How do I even start enjoying this series? There are so many games. Steam preferable.
1: Hmm, well, I think it kind of already, or I might have already said earlier that... Um... Well, I started with the Steam version of Ease 1 and 2 and I honestly think even if you're coming at them now in 2017, there's still really great games that hold up and maybe maybe you'll play one and decide you want to take a little break before going to the second one. But I think even just playing Ease 1, the Steam version, is comes bundled with 2. That is like maybe a 5-hour experience. It's quite short, but even that by itself you get the gameplay why it's cool, uh, the sort of fast-paced uh, aspect of it. Even though they've gotten rid of the bumping mechanic, it's still, I think, the gameplay is very action-based even now. So you get that aspect, you get the great music, you can, as we said, switch between all the versions of the soundtrack. So honestly, I think, yeah, just start with the first one. And it goes on sale all the time, too, on Steam.
0: Yeah, I would I would agree with that. If you have Steam and you want to be introduced to the Eve series, I would definitely go with E's 1 and 2 Chronicles. Because you get the introduction to the series, even though it was revamped mm. gameplay and graphics-wise, but you also have the option to hear Yuzo Koshiro's work, which is always a plus. Yeah. Or, if you're if you're not into that sort of music, you get the brand new arrangements. So, all in all, E1 and 2 Chronicles might be the best way to go if you're starting and you have Steam. Okay, so um, I don't know how this will come across on the final edit up this episode but if just in case there's some sort of hiccup just now it's because i i'm under a tornado warning right now
1: <laughs> podcasting at all costs <laughs> even in if this- there's a tornado we'll get this done
0: <laughs> yeah yeah so it doesn't look bad right now but i had to wait about 30 minutes before continuing but it's fine it should we should finish the episode i'm not gonna worry about it mm-hmm. So, yeah, Ease Chronicles 1 and 2, a great way to start to introduce yourself to the series if you're on Steam.
1: Mm. Yeah, and then of course Origins is also on Steam, but you can also get that on PS4 or Vita. But there are some people that probably prefer Steam, like the uh, person who asked this question, so they could also play that if they want to.
0: <laughs> yeah, you, you can get Ulta Elsa, Elsa Palgana, you can also get Origin.
1: And I think was... it's just those three, but not hundred percent sure.
0: Right. And of course, for those of you that can't use Steam very well, it seems like uh, most of the e story can be experienced across PlayStation's portal systems mm. in some way. Like you get one, two, three, one, two, and three on the PSP, and then six and seven on the PSP, and then you get four on Vita. Right. right. And the last comment from Mister Underscore Please clarify that Dogie and Adol being boyfriends is both
2: good. <laughs> <and then. laughs>
1: seems like a very appropriate question for me. I don't know if, <laughs> if your listeners know, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm very much into uh, media with gay male relationships in it. I guess that's a broad way of describing. It. Boys yes, yes, boys love specifically a type of manga. Uh, but you know, I I, I did I because Dogie isn't in one or two. I don't think he wasn't in one for sure. Um, but. He's introduced to in some of the later games that I haven't played as much, but I started playing 7 after I read this comment on Twitter. And so from the get-go, you've got Adol and Dogi together. And I was like, yep, yep, they're boyfriends.
0: <laughs> uh, I think uh, my response to that would be, well, across all, all of Adol's adventures, he meets all these beautiful women. And hell, he's got these beautiful twin goddesses that he interacts with. But you see him with Dogie all the time.
1: <laughs> he turns down all the goddesses to hang out with Dogie, So what does that tell you? <laughs>
0: He turns down the goddesses, and he turns down the beautiful ladies he meets in the other country or the other games to continue his adventures with Bogie. I mean, he could easily continue his adventures with these women, because some of them are very capable fighters in their own respective <laughs> rights. But no, you don't see them after the game they're in. But you see Donnie in most of the games.
1: Indeed. Actually, that's a, well. That's kind of, um, it leads into a topic we didn't discuss a whole lot, which is the characters in the games. But well, I like that there are really varied characters and they're especially with, um... A lot of video games, you don't always get the best representations of female characters, but there are so many strong, that's badass true. female characters in Ease too. They may not be like the protagonist because Adol and Dogi are kind of, the well, Adol's the protagonist, and Dogi comes along a lot, but a lot of the playable characters um, in the games where you get, you know, uh, the two other party members that you can switch between, a lot of the characters are female, a lot of cool, very central characters like Fina to the story, so that's another plus mark for the E series. <laughs>
0: Yeah, especially back in the 80s and 90s, where many female characters were damsels in distresses, mm-hmm. or priests, or shopkeepers. Yeah, definitely. Or really uh, viewed as, oh, ba- we're badass, and we can fight, and we can kick your ass. <laughs> and I, re- I remember East 4 having a pretty badass
1: female character, and shit, I forgot her name. <laughs> I wish I could help, but as I said, I've only listened to the soundtrack before.
0: <laughs> and I feel bad for getting because she's one of your companions in memories of Salsetta that you can kind of control. Mm. Karna, Karna, that's what I was thinking of. Oh,
1: okay. I didn't get that far in Salsetta, yeah. so I don't think I met her yet.
0: <laughs> at, at least in Dawn of Ease, you met her pretty early on in the game, but because of how different they altered the story between all the versions of these Four. that you might encounter her much later. Mm. You might encounter her much sooner. Who knows? I see. There were other female badasses in later games that, for the life of me, I can't name them off the top of my head because <laughs> I'm not as familiar with them as I am with the first two and four. Yeah. But, yeah, so... Doggy and Adol. <laughs> Good and canon. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I mean, I'm not an expert on boys' love, so if you say it is, then it is.
1: (laughs) Right, I'm the resident expert here.
0: (laughs) Yeah, in addition to cute things, subliminal feminist propaganda, I should have added, expert on
2: boys'
0: Uh love. Okay, and that's all the questions and comments I got. Now we go to... Could probably be one of the more difficult shuffle segments, (laughs) because Ease is such a fantastic soundtrack. I mean, not as difficult as Castlevania, but this was still tough. Mm. And if you don't know, a shuffle is where the guest and I take turns talking about which five tracks we like from the subject discussed in the episode. And we either agree or disagree. and, And you're like, hey, you should listen to this. And as always, I start with my guests. So what would be your track one? Okay,
1: well, as I mentioned earlier in the show, I did a Yuzo Koshiro episode with you too, and a lot of my picks for that were E's. so I did check to make sure I wouldn't do any overlap. So I specifically picked ones that were different from that from that episode. So, um, of course, some of the ones I mentioned there were my favorites. Um, like I think I said the merchant theme and some other things anyway so these are other favorites <laughs> new favorites because as you mentioned there are so many that you can choose from so i didn't have any yeah. issue with that
0: <laughs> yeah with choosing from the east soundtrack you Back in the Yuzo Koshira, you were only limited to his words, but now you got the entire franchise open to you. Yes,
1: yes. So I'll start with um, Fountain of Love 93, and this is from Ease 4. And Fountain of Love was also in the original Ease 1 and Ease 2, I believe. And I think I may have even mentioned it on the Yuzo Koshira episode, but... As I said earlier, I've been listening to the E4 soundtrack, even though I haven't played the game. And I've been having it on the background while I've been working. And kind of like whenever I hear a song, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a good one. I'll make a note of it. And um, Mm -hmm. Found of Love 93, I really like because it's a remix of the original. But it like adds this like really chill bounciness sort of of like a. Seaside, like, I don't know, like, when, <laughs> when I hear it, I think I'm, like, at a, like, a chill beach party or something, <laughs> so I really like that as one of their more uh, relaxed but still bouncy, if that makes sense, songs.
0: <laughs> oh, that, that makes sense, but I gotta ask you, there, remember, there are four different versions oh, of yes. these four, so <laughs> which... Which version of Fountain of Love ninety three did you Oh boy,
1: watch oh boy, page? let me um check because I did not write this down. Um
0: I mean you said ninety-three, so it would have to be either Mask of the Sun, Mask of the Sun
1: or the Dawn of E. I I think it was Dawn of Ease. Let me just look because I have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the I've been listening to the Dawn of Ease soundtrack because as I mentioned, I didn't um realize that there were so many E's fours. So I just picked yep. one <laughs> I just picked one and was listening to that and so in my notes I wrote Ease four, but then you were like going on about all the different versions. I'm like, oh no, oh no, <laughs> which version <which> <laughs> is it? But it's um the dawn of ease. Yes. Okay.
0: Yeah, the yeah, good old Red Book Audio, <laughs> Dawn of Ease. <laughs> you can never go wrong with that. Yep. Man, I'm a hypocrite. I say you can never go wrong with Red Book Audio, but my first track is not Of the Red Book Audio (laughs) variety. It is from the Sega Genesis version of Wanderers from Ease, A Searing Struggle. Mm. I chose that one because, like I said earlier, um, the Genesis probably did the best job capturing the vibe of the Ease soundtrack as it was intended for platforms like PC Engine and PC-88. That came the closest and was the most respectable, probably because so many composers have said, oh, it is easier to compose for the Genesis. So it was a little easier to arrange such a grand soundtrack like E's on a platform like the Genesis. And there were so many versions of the soundtrack, thanks to its releases on about half a dozen of the earlier platforms, Plus the Super Nintendo, plus the Genesis, and then you get the E3 remake of Falgana, adding a brand new version of the soundtrack, and so, the, so yeah, there was just a lot of variations to the E3 soundtrack, and I found myself liking a searing struggle, and I know that the Elsa Falgana version is pretty well received, and. Everything from the soundtrack to all the improvements, but I just found myself liking the Genesis version just a little bit more.
2: Hmm,
1: I don't think I've listened to a lot of the Genesis uh, stuff, so that will definitely be on my to listen <laughs> list after this. No matter
0: what platform you listen it on, um, Wanderers from Ease did have a pretty good soundtrack. I mean, it's kind of an oxymoron mm-hmm. considering Ease, but. There are people that have said Wanderers from East had the best soundtrack of all the Ease games.
1: Oh, high praise. Yeah.
0: And, <laughs> and I don't have that much else to add to that, so your track two.
1: Okay, track two. Now I'm going to E7, which I mentioned I've been playing a bit of, and <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if this is common, but I think, uh, particularly with Ease, because the soundtracks are so good, I actually will. Uh, listen to them before I play through the whole game too. As I said, I've already been listening to soundtracks for Geese I haven't even played because I just like the music and I really love having Uh, Game music play while I'm working. I just find it really helpful. So, started playing E7, didn't get very far, but I've already been listening to the soundtrack separately from playing it and kind of looking forward to when I hear the songs in the game. So, this one, Land of Fertility, I have not heard in the game yet, but it has a very, like, really good uh, medieval sort of town vibe. Like, it's a relaxed, I I assume, a town song. but it kind of reminds me of Final Fantasy IX's really chill, medieval kind of music, and I really love that soundtrack too, so I was kind of predisposed to liking this one.
0: Yeah, E7 did have a pretty fantastic soundtrack, and spoiler alert, I have an E7 track on my list.
1: Oh, so you have played through all of E7? No, like you, I listened
0: to the <laughs> okay, soundtrack. Okay, okay,
1: that's cool. Sorry. I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs>
0: and I've done that before with... Super Mario 64, Castlevania Symphony in the Night, and I wish I could do that with Zelda Breath of the Wild. Yeah, oh. But sometimes it's, fun, sometimes it's fun to listen to the soundtrack before getting invested in the game. Yeah, yeah,
1: and you can enjoy it separately. Like a good soundtrack you can enjoy without having the kind of game connected to it, which is cool. And then you also have that added when you do play the game or if you do play the game, you'll be like, oh, so that's when they do this. And it kind of adds yeah. a different perspective to it.
0: Uh, anything else to nope, add No, that? that's
1: it. What's your next pick?
0: My next pick is Theme of Adol 93 from Ease for The Dawn oh. of Ease. So like your pick for Fountain of Love, this is an arrangement or an update of an already existing track from the earlier games. And like I said earlier, I took part in the production of an English fan dub of Ease 4, The Dawn of Ease, And while playing through it, I was excited not only to play the game, but to hear all the voices. But I found myself a little bit more excited with the music I kept hearing in the game. And then I hear Steam of Adol 93 in one of the open fields. And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) this is a jam. This is such a good jam. I want to stay in this field and accumulate experiences listening to this track over and over. It is so fun. It is so amazing. I mean, while it was fun being in this dub, I think I got the most excited hearing the music for Dawn of Ease over everything else. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if it's modesty or my appreciation for the music, but but yeah, it was just great uh, hearing this soundtrack and getting to play this game. And this was a soundtrack that I had never heard until I started playing it, so it was all the more exciting to get to hear everything for the first time. Mm. And that's just a part of why I would find myself enjoying Dawn of Ease more than Book 1 and 2. Hmm. So, your track
2: 3. Okay,
1: my track 3, I'm switching back to uh, Dawn of Ease 4. Dawn of Yee's, which is the name of the song. <laughs> I'm realizing... told you this is a great yeah, song. and I should have realized that that's where my Yee's four picks were coming from because I actually selected the song that is the title of the game. But uh, <laughs> this is a bit different from uh, the other picks so far for me because it's a really, like if you think of ease and the classic like electric guitar really you know rocking soundtrack this would be dawn of ease is a good example of that where my other picks have been kind of more chill music because that's kind of what i tend to gravitate more to but this is like the perfect example of you know you're gonna go and kick some ass in this game and it really like revs you up with its um uh, you know high intensity and i just really really liked it
0: (laughs) Yeah, your this pick and all well, the rest of the soundtrack. It did a good job, ranging from very mellow, very relaxing to upbeat and yeah, we're gonna kick some ass. To oh, very intense. Mm. The enemy's out to get you. You better do your best job. Damn it. But uh, it's like I said, uh, officially of Ease wasn't released outside of Japan. So your best bet for the soundtrack would either do, be to either import because they did release a lot of these soundtracks. Um, original and arrangements.
1: Yeah, they, that's not one of the ones they put on... Um, actually, I'm looking now if it's on iTunes. Maybe not, because it wasn't ever released outside of Japan.
0: Which is a shame, because Don of was, was a really good Oh,
1: one. yeah, yeah. Well, they have some e 4 music, but I don't think... Yeah, they've got the JDK special, which is different.
0: Oh, although, although Memories of Cell for the Vita did arrange many of the Mass of the Sun and Don oh. So, that would... Be the closest you can get to experiencing what made Don of sound. Mm, that's
1: good. That's a good way to play it legally. <laughs> support the English version, too.
0: <laughs> and the apparently official version of E4, the official canon version. Right, of Ease 4. right. Because Don of Ease was never canon. It was just a different take on the
1: story from Ah, uh, Right, it's okay. It's so confusing. <laughs> All these different versions, hard to keep track of. But what's really cool is that even the remixes, like we've mentioned a couple already, you know, the, re- the revised the remix versions are still really good. Like, it's not like they do it once and then, you know, sometimes you get remixes that are not that exciting or they don't really build on the original in a fun way and prefer the original. But here it's like with the E-series, even the uh, redone versions, I mean, even um, E1 and 2 oh, what's the theme version of the game has three different soundtracks on it, right? Yeah. So yeah. uh, And, and all, yeah. like they all have their own different style and different aspects that are good about them. It's not like definitively there's one that's the best version.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, no matter what game you... Look up, you're going to get a good soundtrack. A good memorable one that you don't really hear in most RPGs, especially mm-hmm. today. But, okay, yeah, I'm going to go to my track 3 before we get to the <laughs> track okay. here. I'm going to take it a little slower this time. I'm uh, going to pick one out of the more mellow, orchestrated ones. And my third pick would be Lost Kingdom Part 2 from e V, Lost Kevin Kingdom of Sand. Mm. Because the with regards to the Super Nintendo, doesn't capture Sith Rock as well as the Genesis does. So E3 and 4 on the Super Nintendo didn't really sound as great as it did on other systems. But E5 actually sounded really great, probably because the Super Nintendo does orchestrated tracks much better than any other genre, unless you're David Weiss or Tim Ball, <laughs> but that's a whole other <laughs> thing. But yeah, orchestrated tracks sound better on the Super Nintendo and E5, although it took away what made the earlier soundtracks great, it still sounded really good to me. And Lost Kingdom Part Two just sounded like a really great melodic, uh, relaxing introduction to the story, mm-hmm. and and it was kind of kind of reminded me of the introduction of Lufia Two. I don't know if you've.
1: Uh, I haven't one. played that one.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's another one that had a pretty good or- orchestral soundtrack, in addition to having one of the saddest ending themes ever. Whoa. It's it still presented an example of great sounding orchestrated music, much like Ease Five does. And and that, that's just what it boils down to. I wanted I wanted a track that showed, hey, the Super Nintendo was actually capable of doing good music for Ease. <laughs> so there you go. Lost Kingdom Part two. Okay. In your track four. Okay,
1: track four. I'm going back to E7 again. <laughs> for okay. And we're also going back to more uh, raging guitars and <laughs> hyped up music for uh, Desert of Despair. Uh, okay. A desert overworld theme, which I just... I think it's amusing that uh, yeah, this desert track is so jammin'. <laughs> like it's got a really good build-up, and then it like just seems like a song we would rock out to. But I don't. It's something about the juxtaposition of it being a desert theme and then being so awesome i just i don't know normally like when i play a desert level of a game i'm like well this is miserable i really just want to get out of here but i feel like as i said i haven't gotten to this area in the game yet but i feel like i'll get there and be like i'm just gonna hang out here and listen to the soundtrack because this is so rad <laughs>
0: like me in the overworld first yeah yeah
1: it, that that really says a lot about how cool the music is if you want to hang out in a in an area because the music's good
0: <laughs> yeah and that's another thing I like about the East soundtracks is they're not—they don't sound typical or cliche. Well, most of the time, anyway. If that makes sense. Like I almost included Ice Ridge from East Two because it did not sound like a typical ice world or ice mm-hmm. dungeon area. Yeah, right. Yeah, Falcom sound team or all the composers that worked on the East games—they did a great job making typical areas sound different and not do what is expected. Like you said, a desert overworld. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically you would get something like,
1: yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a very specific sound you associate with desert levels.
0: <laughs> yeah. So it's great that these composers would think outside the box for typical places like the ice world or the desert world or, the volcano or the jungle yeah yeah so good
1: pick. thank you. <laughs> and what's your number 4
0: my number 4 is from ease origin and it stems from the fan service part of ease origin and is an arrangement of a already existing piece from ease 2 termination mm. which is the final battle theme for ease origin And holy crap, it sounds glorious. (laughs) It's a nice blend of rock with heart-pounding orchestra with a Latin chorus in the background. It it almost sounds Lord of the Rings-esque with with rock guitars in the background.
1: (laughs) That sounds really cool. I don't think I am familiar with it because I never finished East 2 and I haven't played Origin, so <laughs> I'll have to check that one out.
0: I mean, there were plenty of good battle themes across the franchise, mm-hmm. but, but the Origin version of Termination is. it just stands out as being high quality in terms of the production that went into it. Now, some would say that termination sounded better in E, 2. Mm. <laughs> but this is my list, and I say, Morgans did it best. One of those rare instances where the arrangement is better than the original.
2: <laughs>
0: in my opinion. And finally, your track. Five.
1: Okay, my final track is another Ease uh, 4 Dawn of Ease track. I specifically think Ooh. I gravitated away from Ease 1 and 2 this time because I think on the Yuzo Koshiro episode, I was like oh, heavy behind the, fir- the first game. So, Ease 4 again, I love that soundtrack. Um, and I'm picking Promolock. Uh, this is a very a beat bouncy song that really reminds me of like an 80s pop song <laughs> and so when i listen to it it actually makes me like want to dance around and i don't know many uh video game soundtracks that aren't specifically focused on dance heavy style tracks that would randomly have a song that i i feel like i could dance to <laughs> so Promolock is a really fun song and um i think this is a well it, i heard different versions of it but i specifically like this donna version um because
0: red book yeah there you go
1: that's it must be that (laughs) (laughs) uh do you know where the song appears in the game because i'm kind of curious and maybe you don't know just from the Uh, name which song it is
0: not just from the name and it has been a while since i played donna Uh so i couldn't say
1: off the top okay yeah because i i should go try to find a way to play it because i'd be really um interested to see where it comes in because i can't even really imagine what kind of song you know like it just well even like with the desert of despair track if you i had just heard that played i would have never said oh well that's a desert area theme you know so i have no idea where promoc is um in the actual game but it's a really fun song
0: (laughs) well um, if you do find a way to Import e Four, get the English dub, and hear Usamimi guide you, <laughs> and hear me help you, and try to kill you.
2: That sounds like a lot <laughs> I'm of not fun. Put that in the actual
0: <laughs> yeah, it's been a while, so yeah. I mean, I'll put. I'll probably put in. The, no, yeah, I'll do that. I'll put in the in the show notes. Oh crap! I forgot to, I forgot to mention. Uh, speaking of show notes, I found this really interesting website, all written in Japanese, that tells you, that gives you a list of each. Ease um, music track that's in the game and it also tells you where which re release of the game it's also included in and it also tells you how it's used in the oh, game. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it does this for nearly all the Ease games. It's like Ease one, here's the list of music tracks. And then on the on the next bar it tells you which re releases you can hear it in and then on the next where you can hear it in the wow. game. Wow. Yeah, and but like it's written entirely in Japanese <laughs> but maybe someone can translate it or understand it better than I could so I'm definitely going to put that in the show yeah notes.
1: that seems like a cool resource <clears throat> okay well I want to hear your final pick for your shuffle
0: yeah my final pick is from ease 7 and I went with the introduction innocent primeval Breaker.
1: oh that's such a good one <laughs> I almost included that it- on my list today
0: it's. Just, I just love the rock and the violin. The, the violin alone makes this track worth listening to and being invested mm. in from beginning to mm. end. I mean, the E's series has evolved so much. Uh, I think Innocent Primeval Breaker does the best job capturing that evolution of the series while retaining this kind of style of music that made E's popular to begin mm. with. And that violin, oh my god, I can't praise the violin work.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that is a good pick. It's a very good uh, track that encompasses kind of what makes the E's music cool.
0: Definitely. And I forgot to mention earlier, for A Searing Struggle, the Genesis version, I think knowing that Noriyuki Iwadare worked on the arrangement kind of helped me appreciate the Genesis version a little bit more. And I already liked his work on the Lunar Games, so... Mm. (laughs) bias. But yeah, Instant Prime Evil Breaker. Great opening theme. Probably my favorite opening to an Ease game out of all of them. Mm. Okay, and that does it for another episode of M-Disc. Thank you so much again for bearing through the bad weather at least on my end i'm sure it's wonderful on your end uh,
1: well it's super hot over here so i'm like sweating as i record and sitting directly under the ac but still still sweating <laughs> but a different oh, kind sorry. of horrible weather <laughs> <laughs> Uh, two terrible
0: extremes. I would not want either of
1: them. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. It's always fun to record uh, with you and learn all about the music because, as I say, like I am definitely appreciative of the music in these games but definitely do not know as much about the history or the composers as you do, so it's always a treat.
2: Yeah,
0: thanks for the compliment. Sometimes I feel like oh, I don't know as much, but I do my best. <laughs> researching researching helps just reading all these things that i will link on the show notes and that japanese website that pretty good resource if you want to know where you can hear certain tracks and how you can hear them in the games themselves Mm. it basically it kind of looks like a glorified excel sheet. (laughs) But, yeah, is there anything you'd like to plug before we go?
1: Uh, I guess just the usual. You can find me at my website, uh, chick-pixel.com. And if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, where I talk all the time every day, <laughs> that's at sushi.
0: And New Year, so new... New themes for your community game along, which I'm a big fan. of. Oh,
1: yes, yes. So I haven't actually nailed down all of the months yet. We're currently, well, we're recording this episode in January and it's dating sim month again uh and i'll be doing jrpg july as kind of a mainstay but aside from that i haven't (laughs) i need to get to that before the february (laughs) theme rolls along (laughs) so that's um on my list to do is yeah i like to plan out the whole year so i can have the list to go to and people can kind of plan ahead too so i will definitely be doing that in the next week or two
0: (laughs) hey jrpg july is probably a good idea because uh that's around the time where a lot of the popular fighting game tournaments like EVO will start. So so it's good that you're kind of countering that <laughs> for those that aren't into the fighting games.
1: Yeah, uh, well, actually, the reason why I picked July originally was because it's generally a bit of a slow release period. So I feel like the summer, uh, U.S. summer, is kind of a good time to catch up on those bigger games. And then I usually try to look at, like game release windows and uh you know for like october november december i try to schedule uh games that maybe are less time intensive because everybody will be playing new releases or i will pick a theme that ties into some new release so i can be like oh you bought that new game while well, you're already participating i bet you didn't know <laughs> <laughs> that's how i get them <laughs> uh, I'm,
0: I'm still looking forward to whatever you have planned for the whole year and next month.
1: <laughs> Great. I'm glad you enjoy it.
0: I do. It's lots of fun to participate when I can, if I can. <laughs> and, and as always, you can follow me on Twitter at playlist. You can email me at playlist at gmail.com. You can follow me on block WordPress with playlist at blockspot.com. You can subscribe to me using your favorite RSS feed. I'm on Stitcher as well. Just look up m playlist and boom, you can subscribe. And I am Nitro. Good night. Have a pleasant tomorrow. And don't record stuff during thunderstorms, especially tornado warnings. It's a really stupid decision. Oh, wait a second. I just did. <laughs> <laughs> If it's too hot, then ACs are your best. They
1: fun. are indeed.
2: <laughs> and violins rock. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I'm grasping at straws here. <laughs>